0: Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome to episode 481 of Film Bastards. My name is Ian Loring, and as always, I'm joined by...
1: Matt Foster, hello, everybody.
2: And Becky Foster,
0: hello, everybody. Hello, hello, one and all. So, coming up on this week's show, we don't have your place or mine. We, because, uh, I'll be honest, because I said... Actually, I'm about half an hour into this other film and I'd rather watch that and uh, uh, I'll, I'll talk about that later. Uh, we're not doing Magic Mike's Last Dance. To be fair, it already feels like that film is completely come and gone. Nobody's seen it. It feels like <laughs> it, doesn't it? It's very odd. Yeah. It feels like no one went to see that this weekend. Um, and uh, But what we are going to be talking about is a film that is... Oh, fucking help. I think Lottie's just arrived. Sorry. Um, we're going to be talking about a film which is uh, very much still about. It is a bit Oscar bovary, and it is Darren Aronofsky's The Whale. We will be talking about The Whale. We have all experienced The Whale. Um, we'll also be talking about some movie news. Trailer Talk, what we've been watching, some Twitter questions, uh, patreon.com forward slash bastards, uh, where we just recorded the uh, latest part of Hits from the Bong, as we talked about his uh, kind of like breakout uh, monster movie, The Host. And uh, we are a pod syndicate podcast. Please do listen to like-minded shows, such as Trinshoke vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, and The Rewatch Project, amongst others. Um, yeah, there we go. Now, In terms of film news, I have not forgotten the thing that I said I wanted to discuss earlier on, guys. So, I'm going to lead with that. So, Babylon was a bit of a box office disaster in the US. Didn't really do much in the UK. But, do you know where it's been doing really well?
1: I mean, yeah, it seems like this happens every so often with films, doesn't it? Where a film will just do ridiculously well in that specific place. (laughs)
0: Yes, so Paramount France tweeted that there have been over a million admissions for Babylon so far in in France. Um, so probably close to a million. You'd see some of them maybe more than once, but close to a million people in France have seen Babylon. And I think that's something... Babylon is now up to about fifty-five million worldwide, still losing a ton of money. But I'll be honest: when I saw fifty-five million, I thought that's more than I expected. Good for Babylon. <laughs>
1: it, it, Babylon, yeah, it, it it made just shy of three and a half million in France alone. That ain't bad. That's that's not bad.
0: That. What was the lifetime box office in, in, the, U, in the US?
1: Uh, I think its lifetime was about in the US was about 35 mil.
0: I am i don't think it was because it only did 5 million in like the opening weekend and it didn't have a 7 time multiplier. Oh, I'd say 15 mil. Yeah, okay, that yeah. sounds more like it. Um, so, you know, France is tiny compared to the US, and it it's done that. I, I I don't know. I just think that's. I'm glad that Babylon has some sort of win, and that's that's what I wanted to say about that. I'm just. I'm glad. I'm I'm, I'm happy for it. Um. Okay, what else have we got in the film world? Uh, Barry Keegan is going to be uh, starring as Billy the Kid in a new project to be directed by uh, Bart Layton, who directed American Animals. Um, hmm.
1: Barry Keegan as Billy the Kid, sure. Yeah, it feels a little bit like... Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Could see that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I think so. Um... Oh, well, that's interesting. Uh, Akiva Goldsman, the uh, uh, screenwriter and uh, director of A Winter's Tale, um, has signed a first look deal with Warner Brothers uh, to work on uh, sequels to I Am Legend, which apparently is going to be Will Smith and Michael B. Jordan.
1: Yeah, that kind of a game makes sense.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's a way for Will Smith to get back out there, and uh, the sequel to Constantine had been originally uh, that that'd already been announced with Keanu Reeves coming back and Francis Lawrence coming back to direct, mm. um, which is um, apparently J.J. Abrams is also involved in that. Okay.
1: Um. <laughs> that that, that, that is very so. much a okay kind of won that one, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um I hope that it's just he really just like Constantine.
2: <laughs> It's fucking great. It's coming
1: soon. Um, it's going good, yeah.
0: In talking about the sequel to I Am Legend, Goldsman has also said um, that uh, I'm obsessed with The Last of Us, where we see the world just post-apocalypse, but also after a 20 to 30-year lapse. It's interesting. The tendrils of The Last of Us continue. Um, it just it feels like that fucker... A lot of people are referencing that fucker. It's out there in the pop culture. Um, The... Oh, holy shit. Sorry, the character poster for John Wick Chapter 4 with Scott Adkins. Yeah, have you not seen it? What the fuck? That's a fat
1: suit, yeah? Yeah, it will be, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that that, that film's going to be a bit bonkers, I reckon.
2: I'm so excited yeah. for a rewatch of the first three and then going into that. Though that's going to be a good time. Yeah. It's going to be a great week that, isn't it?
0: <laughs> did um you you heard about the the length the chapter 4
1: length, Bex? No, no. I do not at the runtime. No. 2 hours 49 minutes. I'm all right with that. I'm kind of all right yeah. with
0: it. <laughs> I yeah, I think I'm all right with it as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've been yeah, like... for twice as long as the
1: first one, but cool. Yeah, but I'm a little bit like, yeah. I feel what? like
2: it's got a lot of threads to wrap up. It, it needs to earn it, but I think it will.
1: It's not wrapping up shit. <laughs> oh, no, there's another a two after this, isn't there? Oh, is there? Yeah.
2: Oh, wow. Oh, that's a treat. I didn't realise that.
1: Yeah.
0: What, what, what times we we had to look forward to, but um, just the last of us being, Have you guys seen the SNL Mario Kart thing? I am sure everybody's listened to this has, but if you
1: haven't, it's very good. I've, I've not, um, partly because I, I struggle with SNL, SNL, mm. um, in the sense that I kind of find it a little bit like anything that happens that becomes vaguely popular. They are so rushed to spoof it, mm. and it, it just means that everything just becomes a figure of fun constantly. Yeah, and it kind of almost a bit like you know, not everything has to have a spoof at nightlife. However, mm. I, I did I, I I did discover the uh, something that I sent both you and the the, the Pacino the Pacino one of the Pacino and his bank the, the day, which is from about twelve years ago. but I don't care; it was funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, very good, It's very good. Um. okay alright so I'll tell you what let's talk some trailers because well, there's been quite
1: a few oh sorry do you remember that a while ago uh, listeners uh, when our cat accidentally might have ordered an escort
2: <laughs> he, though, he wasn't accidentally ordering nothing
1: Um. so <laughs> with sat. Last night, um, just about to start watching the host, and we just started it. Yeah, yeah. And we both looked at our phones, and we had a, uh, we both had the same message, Apple notification come up, didn't we? Mm. Saying, um, "Use
2: your phone to confirm this purchase."
1: Use your phone to confirm this purchase. And we're looking at each other going, well, we haven't purchased anything, so went on to, uh, went on to look at it, and it was trying to rent the three guns. from Apple.
2: Who, who, you know, we were like, shit, if we, if someone hacked our like TV yeah, because it kept coming up, didn't yeah, it? it kept coming up over and over again. Like every time we cancelled it it, kept coming up. Do you want to rent Mathregan for £15.99? Absolutely fucking not, no. So we
1: kept on, like, yeah, we kept on just rejecting it, didn't we? Yeah. Did a few little checks to make sure that, like, password hadn't been, what is it, that mm. nothing else was connected to our account, anything like that. Couldn't work it out, sat there, mildly a little bit concerned, thinking, all right, this, oh god, I hope this doesn't end up being something that becomes a pain in the right. ass. Uh, I'd forgotten that before we started watching um, The Host, the Host I'd been watching um, the football on BT Sport. To access BT Sport, because I don't have our BT box plugged in, I used the Apple TV to access it. Um, the cat had been laid with his face on the <laughs> Apple TV remote.
2: Likes to rest his face on electronic devices.
1: Yeah. Nice, and, yeah. And so had been with his face trying to order gun.
2: Bloody cat. If you want to watch it, yeah. you'll have to wait until it comes out. Yeah, I'm not paying 15.99 to rent it for you. Yes,
0: K- Kiki likes to sleep with her head on Lottie's
1: iPad. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he does. So, like a minute ago, he was laid half asleep, his face on my phone.
2: Yeah, well, he's got a smaller head, has not he, than Kiki? So, yeah, yeah, proportional. Yeah, maybe they're warm.
1: I think it's the fact that they're cold. Oh, maybe. I
0: bit yeah, the fact it's cold and smells of Lottie. I think, is probably what it is with Keeks. Um, but she's also a fucking idiot. Um,
2: Can I just... One thing I'd like to get you guys' thoughts on before we move on. Well. The all actors are prudes and think acting is a form of infidelity now. Oh, this hell, yeah. And all the younglings really kind of celebrating a potential return to the Hays Code... <laughs>
0: i mean it's hey look i between that and Roger Jean page talking about how um like the movie star he doesn't he, he doesn't see himself as a movie star he doesn't care about mo- being a, a, a movie star he watches the films for the films you know you don't you don't go to a film to celebrate the sound department so why would you to celebrate an actor basically there's just a massive big old load of bullshit there is so much just attention-seeking happening at the moment, and it feels like post-lockdown. People still haven't quite got their fill, and they just need to do this performative nonsense. Yeah,
1: the and this fuck off. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, the the, the whole um, Jonah Hill having a CGI a kiss into his movie. Yeah, uh, is a bit like oh, fuck off. If I was if I was a studio a, a, a studio accountant that's on the fucking the set there that's going, right? Wait a minute. So we're gonna have to pay a team of, a, a team of tech guys to have you two kiss when you could just fucking do your fucking job and do it.
2: I mean that that's that's my thinking on it. I it, it, it's acting. That's that's the job. If it's in the script and you sign a contract, you're agreeing Ooh. to do it.
1: Can I put something no. forward? Yeah. Can I put something forward there? Go on. Right? So imagine if an actor refused to do... Uh, when people are celebrating it, saying, well, I think it's okay. It, it, it is a form of cheating. It's not. It's their fucking job. Yeah. What? Right? It's acting. Right? Sorry. Like they're
2: not actually but, slipping the D in, are they?
1: So people are saying that it's okay and celebrating it. Mm. Right? Right? I guarantee the very same people. If let's say I'm not picking on Jonah Hill here, but I'm just using him as an example because of the the fact that that was there. Let's say he refused to do a gay kiss because he didn't want to kiss a dude. Mm. People would be fucking up in arms, and would be the same people that are saying it's okay would say, no, it's your fucking job. It's just it's not to it make you gay. It's just a job. Yeah. Coming from a, coming from somebody who has done a gay kiss before in a play.
2: I just... It, it, it's it's the celebration of a return to, like, censorship that, that's really surprising me.
1: Yeah, but it, it's the... Because that
2: is essentially what it is. People saying, oh, my God, right, and I really hope this was a joke, but I saw a tweet the other day. Well, that's my problem. Is a I lot always... of
1: times things that you think are jokes, now you get into it and go, oh, wait, no. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> I saw a tweet the other day from somebody, and they were saying that it was exploitative to have sex scenes in film and television because the characters haven't consented to that being viewed by a wider audience. And then someone questioned and said, well, no, if, if the actors have signed a contract and they've agreed the script, then they have consented. And then she, this person replied saying, no, no, not the actors, the characters. The fictional fucking characters haven't consented. Now, And I really, really hope it was a jokey stance, I but don't I don't think, think it, it was. was
1: no. Because some people it, are just fucking just... uh uh, uh, emotionally fucking retarded the the, the thing is right
0: everything at the moment is just you got to take one side or the other so you've got people all about their sexuality and owning their sexuality and putting their sexuality in front of your faces and being like fuck you if you don't let me be me and then you've got the other side where it's just like you keep that shit locked down what happens in uh, between two consenting adults like happens in private, blah, blah, blah. And like it's just, it's yet another example of the loss of shades of grey in popular
1: discourse. But the, the, the fact is, the majority, and I mean like 99% of people, right, if either side of that put across their argument, the majority of people go, I don't care.
2: It's, yeah, it's the very vocal ones. that are, just, it, yeah. You've got a
1: vocal minority either side, of the majority of what is that, people going, I just I don't care.
2: Well, think, <laughs> My thinking on it is, if I, if I was uncomfortable seeing sex on screen, do you know what, I just would not go see that film. And th- these people have that choice. Hmm? If they're uncomfortable it, it... with it, don't fucking watch it
0: but the thing is it's these these voices are being amplified because it gets clicks it gets hits yep. the algorithms yeah. all feed it and i know i sound like old man shouting at cloud like that but it, it it is you you think about oh god i want to be very very careful here but you you think about the discourse about the hogwarts legacy stuff say mm. you know and it's the percentage of people who identify as trans i think is currently about 2% in in the uk and i'm like i i don't know enough about uh trans life and the 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 hardships that uh, trans folks face to really have an opinion it it, it like either way if i'm being absolutely honest and if if that's ignorant of me Fair play, but hey, at least I'm not saying in my ignorance that all trans people should be fucking sterilised or whatever. You know, at least I'm just going with, I just don't know. Um But you go on Twitter or you go on YouTube... Just to clarify already, for the
2: audience, I think the, the point that you don't know about is not whether they should be sterilised. <laughs> oh, no, no, no.
0: Sorry. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, no, I... Sorry. No, I just mean, I... I I don't. don't know enough about I don't really have. I, I just don't know enough about yet yeah, <laughs> to have an op- like have that kind of opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, thank you, Beth. Right. Sorry. Um. But yeah, like you go on like and you'd think it was the burning issue today, but then like you know media does pick up on that and you know um it, it that kind of thing and, and like trans uh, being connected to woke now that's just like the the thing that the Tories kind of seem to be starting to pick up on to try and have some sort of campaign, like just basically built on hate. Woke's
2: Um, the new liberal and lefty and SJW, isn't it? It's just like the new... It's the buzzword that's doing the rounds at the moment. And
1: and eventually it will become something else. Yeah, it will. And
0: I think think I've said this on the show before, but you get anyone who uses woke as a, a derogatory term to define woke, it's gonna be just like things that that particular person doesn't, doesn't like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
1: It is. Yeah. Um, it, it, honestly, I, it could I, be I, anything. I, 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 I don't like
0: going to garden centres. They're woke.
1: Yeah, I'd I like. say it at work the other day, and I and I did just say it to them, Out of curiosity." What, what do you mean? What, you about what, that? what do you mean? And they went, "Oh, well, it's just, it's just everyone just being just, just, just really like over sensitive to everything." That's not what woke is. I was like, I mean, you're the one that seems to have a problem with what you're talking about. Yeah, why are you so pressed <laughs> to get out my face? And it was something really like, it was it was something that was really, not nothing, it was something really meaningless. Yeah.
2: <laughs> just on the point you just made, Ian. Fucking love garden centres.
0: You do love a garden centre. I fucking yeah. hate them. That's the thing. Really? And it's because they're woke. Because they're woke. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
2: How are you on DIY stores? Like B&Q and stuff.
0: They're, they're all right.
2: They're not woke.
0: No, okay. I tell you what's not woke. What? IKEA.
2: IKEA. I think IKEA is probably pretty woke. It's Scandi, I isn't fucking
0: it? love IKEA. <laughs> anyway, but I just yeah, and just to be very very clear, I definitely have an opinion on whether trans people should be sterilised, and it's they shouldn't be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: And the, what were we talking about? The, 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 the mad, thing is,
1: right, the mad mm. thing is The mad thing is this Hogwarts Legacy thing that's doing, this last thing I, I promise we'll talk about because I know we want it to be on trailers, but just to give an example, this Hogwarts Legacy thing that's currently doing the rounds um, where people are getting heavily criticised for it and everything like that on various social medias for it, you know, because they're playing Hogwarts Legacy they're clearly supporting um, the anti-trans agenda of J.K. Rowling, and, and what is it? Right, somebody uh, at where I work, mentioned that they were playing Hogwarts Legacy. Mm. And then somebody else within the, the, the... Another person that worked there said, oh yeah, I'm playing it at the moment. And I commented and said... Made like a, a half hour like joke about, uh, ooh, should you be doing that? And they both turned around and went, why? Mm. And I and I sort of said, well, there's a lot of sort okay. of, On this course, these are two people who are...
2: 20 and 21, I believe. Would you say that they are woke?
1: Uh, I, I would say that they're fairly, they seem fairly
2: w- aware.
1: Aware people. And I, I mentioned it, and both of them went, I've not heard anything about that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, really? I, I thought it was like a, a thing. They were like, no, i not heard anything about that. And then we go, ooh. Okay, am I in targeted circles at the moment? Yeah, yeah. It's the
2: <laughs> well, actual, yeah. I mean, it's the that, bubble effect, isn't it?
0: That's it, and it's and again, like like Mike said last week, I'll say on this, but it, it's um, I there's a YouTuber that you know I I'm not going to like drag them by naming it, but there's a, a video game YouTuber who I um watch who is trans, and um she had a very emphatic video about it's your choice if you buy hogwarts legacy but you can't call yourself an ally and i don't trust you if you do and i mean and i get it and i felt like i was being attacked for 20 minutes and i watched the whole thing um but at the same time i'm not i'm not entirely sure what their desired effect was because it was just you you're a youtuber and i i don't feel great about 20 minutes of being attacked and she put a, like a, a case forward about like things that J.K. Rowling had been saying, who has had nothing to and, do with the game. I mean, but yeah, I mean, this is this is the thing. It's the fact that pennies of the sale will of any sale will go to her. The, the, so you are the, like the to an extent funding her in a very very small way. It's that? a game and it,
2: for children and people it, that were children when the Harry Potter books or films came out. The,
0: the the, the, the the it just the only thing is it's like the video games industry the the, the 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 biggest selling game of last year was Call of Duty Modern Warfare two. Um I'm I'm fairly sure that there's some morally dubious stuff within the content of that fucking game that isn't being talked about. And it just it feels a bit you 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 can't have it both ways Mm. in video game discourse. Of all right, you are a dickhead if you buy this, but if you buy a game where you are murdering (laughs) hundreds of people, that's absolutely fine. I like. I just. I yeah. And I. Mm. I. It it does. It that does bother me. J.K. Rowling's a piece of shit. She's a like obviously this like really horrible woman um but it's just i don't i don't know man it's just it is a little bit pick your battles yeah Yeah. like all all you're doing by getting in people's faces and going you should be ashamed of yourself for buying hogwarts legacy is you're gonna you're like if you're shouting at that person which is what a lot of the a, a, a lot of folks are doing on both both sides of this if you're shouting at people they're not going to go. Oh, that's going to make that's going
1: to make me want to understand you.
2: Yeah, you're not winning hearts and minds. By I doing could that understand
1: year. it if it was called J.K. Rowling's Hogwarts Legacy: Death of the Trans, <laughs> but it's not.
2: No, it's a game about wizards. People need to get a grip. It's
1: so a trailer.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I just look. It, it in in any chain of anything you consume. There's gonna be dickheads involved. Oh,
1: there is. Oh, yeah, yeah. App, 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 apps are fucking lutely, mm. and it's it is not just to the gaming world, the movie world. It, it is it is everything. It is hard in specific sections of online. It is difficult being a fan of things.
2: It really is because the thing is, there's dickheads everywhere, and there's gonna be at least one involved in anything you like.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, trailers. Speaking of dickheads, the Flash.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you really like this show, don't you, Becky?
2: I really like the Flash as a character, though. I really like the DCU. It, there's been some missteps for sure, but like the um, the Flash, I, I really like as a character. Ezra Miller aside, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm really the fact that he's got this like. This random thing where he can run so fast, he can go back in time and stuff like that. It's like there's so much that could be done with that. And Ezra Miller's an absolute cunt for fucking it up for everybody because there's not going to be any more going forward from this, is there? With him,
1: no. Nah.
2: It's just going. They're, they're just doing well, a hard reset, aren't they?
1: It would appear so, yeah.
2: So, but yeah, I, this this trailer looks fucking ace, and I'm I'm, I'm really excited for this film. And um, what's his face is there? Keaton. Keaton,
1: yeah, And um, then there's
2: Supergirl because it's like an alternate reality and it's 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 that like all... how that was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And
1: My brain completely forgot there's a Supergirl so it's going, Superwoman?
2: <laughs> I, I, I like the bit where she's like, oh, I'm... What is it? Like Carla or something. Yeah. It's like the girl version of Clark and, and then uh... one of the Barrys is like, oh, we're Barry. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. And then when he's taking the video and it's like... Our future children are going to want to see this film. <laughs> I just I just thought it was a real like it tonally with the Flash's character I think it works really well and I'm 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 keen for it. I,
0: I I think it looks colorful. I think it looks fun. It's out on Springsteen Day. Um is it? Yeah. Jesus. Um I've got a feeling maybe like a hungover Saturday morning watch of it might be in order. Yeah, I think I could go for that. Um and yeah, I I I thought I thought it looked all right actually. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, I I I you know, I'm I'm not entirely sure what I mean James Gunn is like pretty effusive about it and he's not saying that about uh, like other already shot DC films, but he's like this is one of the best superhero films ever made, which does Genuinely had me somewhat intrigued, but yeah, Keaton's in there, Affleck's in there. It, it yeah, I it, look. Hey, if if this could be about two hours, let's go. And I like Andy Maschietti as a director as well. So
2: uh, I really yeah. wish he didn't have to be conflicted about the Ezra Milleriness of it. I really wish he wasn't yeah. a dickhead, but he is. But he's a good screen presence.
0: Um. I I will just say that uh, uh, they... Yeah, Mark's just mouthed that to me, I want to wear. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, it's all good.
1: Um, Um, I I just... When I was watching it, my brain just went, oh, great, a multiverse. It's
2: not a multiverse, it's alternate realities because he changes history.
1: It feels a little bit multiversey, though, doesn't it? No. You're getting different versions of different superheroes from different places coming in. That's multiverse, Becky.
2: Sods there.
1: Yeah, but he, he's not from the same timeline as... I don't
2: care.
1: Yeah, but so it's a multiverse. Let you can't me, say it's not a me, multiverse but it is a multiverse. Things. Well, that's fine. I just, I am a little bit like, great, a multiverse. Because that works so fucking well for fucking Marvel.
2: You no, know, Marvel have just fucked it up, haven't
1: they? I just, I, I just want it to be over now.
2: <laughs> no, I'm keen for this one.
1: I'm just, I'm at that place so I'm like, great. Great I t- No. Too, you
2: can have a lion. Too after.
1: long, too long a movie no, of that. No, no, guys,
0: what we need to do, we need to do an 11am Nando's oh, God, and then go see me. The Flash.
2: I really yep. enjoyed that when we went for breakfast at Nando's last like, time.
0: Nando's worked like gangbusters. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I I I I might do that. I might also get a Nando's to take with me as well. Because by the end of this, what will be two and a half hours or two hours forty five minutes that's yeah, it's gonna you're, be You're not
2: allowed to come.
1: Also if James Gunn says it's the best superhero movie he's seen, that fucking worries me more than intrigues me.
0: Uh, uh Paul, if you're listening to this, we're like, because I'm assuming I'm giving you a lift home. We're we're going to Nando's at 11am and then seeing The Flash and then I will drive us back to Cardiff.
2: If you don't want to see it, Mark can keep you company because he's been a fucking misery.
1: I'll oh, go and see it. I've just... I, the, you
2: can't be a misery all the way through it, though.
1: I won't be a misery. I'll watch it eating my Nando's, you my won't. second Nando's. You
2: will
0: Let's move on. <laughs> um, okay, so... Um, New Gerard Butler film, directed by the guy, directed Angel as Fallen in Greenland, uh, Kandahar. Ooh, I've um, seen this
1: one, is it, what's it, is, oh, it, is it? Is it a Gerard Butler film?
0: Oh, yeah. So, Jerry Butler is like a CIA guy, disrupts like, Iran's nuclear capacity, and then his identity is revealed, he's burned, and he's got to get him and his translator out of Iran to safety.
1: Standard Butler fare. <laughs> It'll do. Yeah. Yeah, I I will watch any of these these type of Gerard Butler movies because they're always just quite fun. Uh, I
0: will say we missed it in news. Um, I think because Gerard Butler is not starring in it, but a sequel to Plane is happening and it's called Ship. Yep, And that is incredible.
2: <laughs> yep. uh, lol.
0: Um And it's Mike Coulter's character.
1: It's like the continuing adventures of him, which, I, yeah, all right. Which, which I'm assuming is just him getting on a ship after he's got off that island.
2: Oh, I think it is one?
1: basically it. What? Is that
2: a criminal? Yeah. One?
1: Okay. Yeah,
0: he gets on this ship, and then apparently, like it, like the ship that he's stowed away on is involved in people smuggling or something.
1: <laughs> oh, God.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Like we'll see. Yeah. Um... Alright, so like Super Bowl stuff. Obviously, the Flash was one. I've got to say, I enjoyed the Super Mario Brothers uh, plumbing ad. Um, That was alright. I don't know if you guys saw that. No, I don't know. It was good. Good little bit of fun marketing for the Mario Brothers film. Um, There was a Creed three Super Bowl spot, and there's a a new final trailer that came out today. that thing looks like it's just going to have one of the great training montages.
1: <laughs> it, it, it does look very much like it's. It looks quite like a rocky sequel, if that makes sense. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, in uh, a deep, way, I mean in a positive way.
0: Social media embargo dropped for it today as well, and people do seem positive on, on it. Yeah. So, like, please, please, for that. Please, for Michael B. Jordan uh trying to think so there was there was one big one i'm thinking of in particular uh oh there's guardians volume three um nah man i'm not feeling the marketing on this at all
1: i'm i'm more up for this than like the flash is what i will say there and i'm more up for it than the ant-man movie that's literally out on friday um but I, I i'm very much i'm just intrigued for how many of them they're going to kill off which i think is going to be a few i think i
0: think drax is done because batista it's interesting batista has been very public in saying that he's been disappointed with the way that drax is basically turned into a joke character mm. and i i i and like how he doesn't want to like he doesn't want drax to be his defining role I think he's he's done in volume three because he was already very. If James Gunn's not involved, I'm not bothered. Well, he's
1: he's already said now that this is the last time he's 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 painting himself purple.
0: Yeah, there you go. And but I, I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed that Batista, and like, fair play, is being real. But I'm disappointed that's already his reaction to it. Is just like, yeah, I'm kind of disappointed with how the character went. And to be fair. I don't think that's necessarily James Gunn's fault, because he's been in quite a few other MCU things. Um, but yeah, I, yeah I, I, sad. I, I don't know, man. I just... I, I, I need to know why this is going to be fun and not two hours of people being sad. And both the trailers so far are basically it's two hours of
1: people being sad. I'm intrigued as to where the fuck does this fit in with what Marvel are currently doing? Or is it just completely separate? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it
0: does. I think it will set up some threads that can be explored in other properties. But has nothing to do with this, anything else, yeah. Yeah, but this will be the last Guardians film. And I'm kind of all right with that. It would be lovely if Chris Pratt was killed off. <laughs>
1: I think that's going to happen. I think they're going to kill him off. You imagine if they just all went out? I do have a feeling that that's a. It's a strong possibility that all of them will okay. go. Up.
0: That would be. That would be something. That would be ballsy. That and then you've all. You've ballsy, always yeah. got a fucking multiverse. If you really, but like having this core cast and the this version of these people go out, it'd be interesting, and it would be a good way of James Gunn basically saying
1: goodbye to Marvel. Yeah, I, I think it would be the it would be the first time where in a while that Marvel have done something interesting. Mm. Mm. Um, so we got the
0: biggie. Anything else? You try if there's anything else that's there.
2: What's the biggie? Vroom vroom. Oh, that one.
1: We, oh, we got uh, air. Oh shit! Oh, how can I forget air? I'm I'm very much up for a just this story being played out um, in this style of movie. I'm down. Yeah,
0: Ben Affleck and Matt Damon want to get people together to do this. Why the fuck not? Feels like it feels like a film made by Amazon, which it is. But oh, hold up a minute! But they're giving it a massive wide release and actually having a theatrical window for
1: it. Do, Do you know why? Okay. Do you know why I reckon that's happened? Because like, because somebody has gone like, right, just to say if we release a movie that is basically about Air Jordans, it will make so much fucking money. <laughs> mm. And it's really
0: smart counter-programming as well. It comes out the Wednesday before Good Friday and is up against Super Mario. Like, I think that's really smart. Like, Grown people who don't aren't who don't have an attachment to Mario Brothers, watch this, or maybe even people just go and see both films. I feel I feel like there is air in the space for both of as such, for both of them to actually do well.
1: Yeah, you're going to get film fans are gonna be intrigued, basketball fans are gonna go and watch it, trainers fans are gonna go and watch it. It's it's gonna. I I think this film is gonna be a quietly huge motherfucker if they get the release right of it.
2: Can I be honest? What? It's a film about a sneaker line. Yeah. About, you know, uh, linked to a player I know nothing about because he plays a sport that I know nothing about. But I'm still gonna see this movie because I really like Jason Bateman. That's
1: fine. That's fine, but it, I I just got a feeling that this film could end up being a bit of a runaway hit if they get the release right.
2: Yeah.
0: I think yeah, I think they will. It comes out the Wednesday before Good Friday. It's a like increasingly rare Wednesday release that doesn't happen much these days, um, and, and it, it's got space in that long weekend. I'm really, really looking forward to a long weekend where I can go watch Super Mario, I can watch Air, and then hopefully sit out in my garden, eat some barbecue and drink some beers. Yep. Yeah, this is... I, I'm very much
1: looking forward to Air. It looks very much my bag. Yep, too right.
2: Okay, so before we do the biggie, Ian, have you, by any remote chance, watched the Children of the Corn new trailer?
0: <laughs> I saw it was there. Yeah, it's a shudder, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, how does it seem?
2: I'm quite intrigued by it to be honest because the it's a long time since I've read the short story, but the film we
1: watched a couple of years ago, watched like all of them.
2: What well, watched all of them. The one set in like the city as well.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, this does seem like something we would do. Yeah. But Children the,
0: of the Car Park.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but the um the original film is, is like the start of it is after whatever shit has gone down has gone down and this couple come across this like township and there's just children there's no adults whereas this one seems to show the kids taking over the town and killing the adults basically it seems to it seems like it's going to address the actual the the, the thing that happens
1: i i I did like the trailer construct of how they had it of that old time that old school kind of voiceover
2: Mm. Mm. On
1: it, that was very much felt like you were watching a trailer in a cinema, yeah, that was just yeah. telling you about a film that was about to come out. Uh, that was quite cool.
2: I mean, I'll watch this regardless of whether the trailer looked good because it's Stephen King related, but I actually think the, the trailer, the precocious girl, concerns me,
1: yeah. I don't think she's a replacement for me. Caleb, the boy, is it Ezekiel? Ezekiel, it could be, yeah, Ezekiel, yeah. yeah. I think Caleb's one of them, I think. Yeah, yeah. the main, the one, main of one, yeah. I think it helped the fact that he was such a weird-looking dude. Wasn't it? I
2: really want to watch Children in the Corn now. Yeah, I'll just get, I'll just get, I'll watch it myself. It's probably on ITVX.
1: Probably it's on ITVX. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: anyway, yeah, go on, do you, biggie?
1: Vroom vroom.
0: Uncle Vin's back. He doesn't care what Justin Lin's got to say. Yeah. The Rock. Fuck that guy. Oh, fuck off. We got Jason Mimosa. Vin didn't like The Rock before. It was fucking cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's the point. Um, All right, so, hey, look, trailer for Fast X. I think this film's going to be a piece of shit. I can't fucking wait.
1: Uh, Do you know what I thought when I was watching it, the trailer for this? It's a Fast and Furious movie. That's what it looks like. It looks like a Fast and Furious movie. And I'm kind of... I kind of want that. Nobody liked the last one. Hmm. It, 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 I, I just I want it to go back to just doing fucking dumb shit. It's
2: it's not a good trailer. It's not it's not got its hooks in me like like previous ones have. Um, this
1: got it hooks more in me than the last one.
2: I'm not. I'm not super keen for Jason Momoa.
1: I am. Oh, oh, I like the hair. You are. I like his hair in it.
2: <laughs> well, speaking of hair, I'm really deeply offended that Natalie Emanuel's cut her hair.
1: Yeah, that seems like a. Yeah. That seems like something that shouldn't happen. I mean, she can it, do whatever the fuck she wants with her hair. It but... seems like there's a possibility we could trace all the bad things that have happened in the past few months back to that.
2: Oh my god, is she triggered end? Times I, it, it could like be. <laughs> <her>? <laughs> wow. She just had real good hair. like if, what's I know, think... if Jessica Chastain died hers like brown
1: yeah it'd be wrong wouldn't it? it'd be wrong yeah it'd be an imbalance
2: if you have an iconic physical feature you have to you have to respect that it's like I'm, Jennifer Grey I'm, getting
1: I'm her really... nose done <laughs> <laughs> it just loses the magic it did yes. yeah let's face it what the fuck she done exactly. nothing
2: exactly that did make me real sad when I saw it in the trailer I turned around to you and I went oh, <laughs> she's got her hair
0: um real, real worried about as I think I said before of Uncle Vin just going people come to these films for Dominic Toretto and I need it to not be not be that. Um I need it to just be stupid. And I, there's a knife stupid in the trailer to make yeah. me feel okay.
1: I think there's an awful lot of stupid in this trailer. <laughs> I am looking forward to, to, to them somehow shooting fucking Momoa's character into how he fits into all of this. And it appears like he's the guy whose safe it was they stole in Fast Five.
2: Oh, interesting. I thought he was. And he was to be just like, like, someone's like someone's long lost brother again. But like. somehow he will be. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> he was and he like was just nice left one. of shot. He's Dom. Sorry, John Cena.
2: Dom's brother. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because cause, cause clearly they look like they're related.
2: This will be Paul Walker's brother because they look as no, related as. Brie Larson
1: will be playing Paul well, Walker's sister.
0: Oh, well, apparently, Larson's like, people were thinking that. There is speculation that she's playing Kurt Russell's daughter and she's basically the Kurt Russell replacement.
1: Oh. Nah, you see, but you watch it going, yeah, but at some point, some point, fucking Uncle Vince going to be a tweet and go, Holy shit, she would make a good Brian's sister. Well, it's a shame we've already made a Kurt Russell's daughter. Is it? Boom! She's yeah, boom! Yeah.
2: Kurt Russell? Yeah. He's not in the Fast and Furious. Yeah, he
1: is. He's in like three of them, Becky. Is he? Yeah. Kurt Russell? Yeah.
2: The Kurt yeah. Russell? Yeah.
1: Yes, Becky. Yeah. Fuck. No, the other
0: one.
2: Well, <laughs> I didn't know whether someone else is called Kurt Russell. It's
0: not. No, Dude, straight, yeah, man. He's, in, he's in Fast Kurt 7 Kurt and Fast the Furious. and Fast the Furious. He plays basketball. Mr. Nobody. Yeah, Mr. Nobody. Mm. Wow. That
2: he he likes his Belgian probably.
0: ale. His what? And then like he, he he likes his Belgian ale. and He says to Vin Diesel, you know, do you want a Belgian ale? And Vin Diesel's like, nah. And then he just gives him a bucket bucket of Coronas. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. How do I not remember that? I don't know. how You Is don't it remember a bit that. Hurt? He's been it quite a bit. I
1: mean, he's in it a fair bit. <laughs> like, like not just like one of them either. Like
0: a few of them. Yeah. Is No, he's in two of them, and then Fast yeah. Nine, his like helicopter or plane crashed or something. And the start of it is them retrieving a black box, and then fucking seen us there.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. We're not fibbing. <laughs> swear, we are not fucking joking. He's in. He's in two of them.
2: I might need to do a rewatch before the new one. Comes I'm not out.
1: rewatching all of them. All right, I'm, I'm not, not re-watching you, all of them. I can't afford to rewatch all of them. I might need to. You do can a re-watch. do a rewatch of all of them. I, I might rewatch. Separate
2: from you, I, I may... can buy myself flowers.
1: <laughs> all right, write my
2: name in the sand. All right,
1: you can draw a pen. It's fine. I'm all fine with it. <laughs> oh, even though Beth, you know what's coming
0: to PlayStation Plus next week?
2: What?
0: Uh, the Quarry, the uh, game, new game from the Until Dawn people. Uh... The one that you saw a trailer
1: for about four or five months ago and said it looked really good.
2: Yeah. I've been itching to replay until dawn, so is this a similar format, like a decision-making. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I might just wait then. I need to play Devil May Cry. Yeah, you do. I
1: need
2: to play the shit out of some stuff. There's too much stuff. There's films and TV and books too and Too much
0: stuff. And that's why you have to pick one and stick to them. Absolutely And that's not. why they should be films.
1: No, absolutely not. Yes.
2: Right, in order, for me, it would go... Books, nerd. Then probably games, then films, then TV. But at the moment, TV's boosted because The Last of Us is just an absolute banger. Like, what I'm currently doing is watching the episode, listening to the podcast, then watching the episode again with the benefit of having listened to the podcast. It's
1: pretty good, mind. It's a good idea, actually. What? It's a good idea, that actually. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, I think the last two were they're just so good. You watched four, didn't you, Ian? Yeah. Um, and we're going to talk about five next week.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about five. Uh, probably five and six next week. I'll try and cap, catch up, catch up. Um, I was going to say. I was really disappointed I mean,
2: when I realised that the moving it to a Saturday drop was a one-off thing, and it just goes back to Monday again. Yeah,
1: it was for the mm.
0: Super Bowl. Okay, uh, let's kick in with our main review. Uh, we're going to be talking about Darren Aronofsky's The Whale. Do you ever get the feeling that people are incapable of not caring? People are amazing. Uh, and this stars Brendan Fraser, Hong Chow, and Sadie Sink. Story of a um, morbidly obese uh, English teacher played by Brendan Fraser, who is trying to reconnect with his daughter played by Sadie Sink, as he's worried that she doesn't realize how amazing she is.
2: Amazing.
0: She's she's amazing. So I mean that awesome. de- I haven't seen anything in the course of two hours to tell me that she's amazing. But fuck, she's amazing. amazing. She's amazing, Becky. What do you think of the whale?
2: I don't want to go first because I think you guys both kind of hated it, and I didn't.
0: Spoilers,
1: Mark. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think of the whale? Um, it's two hours, right? Of <clears throat> having to sit through another two hours of just. Darren Aronofsky proving how emotionally immature he is um but also whilst showing you this morbidly obese guy who is quite literally you are you the film is saying up that you are watching him
2: die die yeah
1: that you are about to watch him die and it's what is he going to do with his last few days he's going to reconnect with his daughter. Um, because that's all he cares about but it's not actually is it what what he cares about is his own misery um and you know but we we, it's show, we, we get shown like what it's like to be a morbidly obese people Well, it's not really is it he's just going to get us to actually force us to admit that we're disgusted by it by showing all of the dingy elements
2: That was my major issue with the movie is the film seems to be disgusted by him. It's and inviting you to join in its disgust of him.
1: But then what it's also gonna do It's a zoo.
0: It's a fucking look at the fat man in his natural habitat. Sorry.
2: But then we're also gonna drop in
1: you know not a lot of other characters, but some other characters that are also kinda quite shitty. You know, we're gonna drop in, you know, his friend who just enables him. Quite literally, but she's got a, a tragic backstory that's linked to him. We're gonna drop in his daughter that is just a piece of shit that happens to be amazing, uh, and then we're also gonna drop in just a random bystander who happens to turn up, but he's a piece of shit as well. Oh, and then, and then just when we thought we thought you had your fill of pieces of shit, here's his ex-wife who happens to be an alcoholic.
2: I don't think Brendan Fraser's character's a piece of shit.
1: He's not exactly a nice guy, though, is he? He's not exactly a good dude. He literally left his his wife and daughter. Yeah,
2: it's like eight years ago. People change.
1: But 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 then the only time he decides, Do you know what? I should probably kind of make some peace for myself when I'm about to die, not of like cancer or anything like that, of just. You know, yes, an addiction. Completely. An addiction. But addiction the fact that he accepts he has, but accepts the fact that he's going to do nothing about it and it's to going to kill him. That no, he wants it, to give no, to his that, daughter. It, that's a cop-out. An absolute 100% cop-out.
0: He could have bought medical insurance. Hong Chow says that herself. Yeah, but it right, he wouldn't have a could...
2: pre-existing condition. A self-inflicted and, and, pre-existing condition.
1: No, oh, that but... And, but, and, but I, no, I'm sorry, I don't I don't buy that. He is doing this intentionally.
2: What, just for the drams?
1: A little bit, yeah.
2: No, he's I d I don't agree.
1: And, but he's got an addiction and I get that.
2: It, that has been triggered by massive levels of grief.
1: Yep. But there are there are people there. That, there's a person there who is very softly saying you could get this treated. But then, but then the same person who's saying you could get this treated is bringing in buckets of chicken, buckets of chicken yeah. and massive sandwiches and all this shit. The, the
0: the the thing with the film and the fact that it kind of like says the days as the days go by is it almost feels like with that incident at the start where he's jerking off and looks oh, I, closer to death there than he does at the end of the film. When he fucking dies, by the way, but it's it basically it feels like a countdown, which is almost acknowledged by the characters in the film. They're like,
2: "He'll be dead right. by the weekend," kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm.
0: I've got five days left. These are the things that I like. So I've got five days. It feels like you could almost have like the Oppenheimer trailer have a fucking <laughs> countdown timer in yeah. the on the fucking screen. But, like it, it's, like, I I. I, I, I and it it feels like the the character knows he's going to he's going to die. And yes, Hung Chao is like he'll be dead by the end of which she kind of it like says a couple of times like he's gonna be dead in a few days. But it it just it really annoyed me that he the film is just like watch this fat man die. But like, and, and, and I, I know Aronofsky would like say that's not what he was going for there, but there is just this fucking morbid curiosity level to the filmmaking the of it. The, the thing
1: which there, really fucking fucked me off. The thing there is when it came up, the I to, you, I to, you, I to you when the BBC BBFC title card came up and it said strong, sex. strong language, sex, and what is it? As soon as he said sex, my brain straight away said, guarantee you, the opening fucking scene of we see of this is him fucking jerking off to gay porn. And it fucking happened. And it, it, It's because Darren Aronofsky is just... It, it, as a filmmaker, and I'm going to say a lot during this because I just I, it is exactly how I sit with it, he is only interested in showing misery... And having no real kind of, there's no emotional maturity to any of his filmmaking. He is a, it's all fucking sixth form college psychology. Because he got really successful with Pi and people told him how smart he was because of Pi. Which is basically student film is. And what's happened is he's remained in a stasis level of his filmmaking, of the emotional levels of his filmmaking, he's really in a stasis of that level. And he's not managed to move past it in a similar way to what happened to Kevin Smith, where he stayed in an emotional stasis off the back of how successful Clerks was and couldn't move past it.
2: Hmm.
1: And then Smith has started to move past that and grown up. And Aronofsky, just can't because at least Smith seems like he'd be a fun like night out whereas Aronofsky just seems like nobody likes him and the thing is nobody likes him, not because no one understands him it's because he's a dickhead <laughs> and could anybody watch any Darren Aronofsky film and, and tell me that he's not a dickhead I don't
2: know him
1: you don't need to it's all there in his films.
2: Fountain's it, good. He's a dickhead. I think to remember the fountain being really
1: good. Fountain's it, 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 it's it's good, but I guarantee you, actually, if I went back and watched it now, good. You know what? Fuck off. Yeah. Sorry, I will I, stop monologuing now. <laughs> I,
0: don't, I mean, I I don't think I'm I'm as down on Aronofsky generally. And like Mother, we we talked about it on the F Cinema Score like Patreon show a, a few months back, and I I we I I admire Mother actually. But with this, I, I I feel it's just a real, uh, just a palpable misstep. It's someone who, it feels like, has heard about the fat man in his nat- native habitat and has thought, ooh, I'd like to film my base understanding of what morbidly
1: op's people go through. Do you know what? And that's... Do you know what the creative difference that um, Tom Ford had with the reason why he didn't mm. do this? Mm-hmm. Do, do you know what it was? No, go on. He didn't want to show at any point him eating. He said, uh, that, and- he, "He said that's more yeah. interesting is if at no point we show the audience the crux of this man's problem. That is interesting. <laughs> if the audience go away, having never watched him, having, having been this obese guy that has this illness, but we never get to see it. And... <coughs> I I I just I
0: I I kind of want to say my piece because I know like Bex has said she likes it better than us, and I want to give Bex some space without me just going but dot 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 like I I tend to do, and I I know I do. Um, so I I I'll just get my thoughts out. So as well as all that, um, and and Bex, this isn't a I'm expecting you to reply or anything like that. This this could be. This could also be quite subjective because I have had my issues with with weight, and I, 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 thankfully, I don't think I've ever been morbidly obese, but I've certainly been like overweight, and I currently am technically overweight. So, um, but also, as well as all that, the Sadie Sink character, it felt to me like he was just willfully ignorant about her. Um, the whole him thinking that she sent those pictures to that lad's family to help him. I just didn't buy that for one second. The film seems to be trying to sell that it w- she was helping him. I didn't get in the performance that she was helping him no, in any way.
2: Isn't that surely like the, the unreliable narrator thing? You're seeing things from his point of view and he's like optimistic and naive to like almost a toxic level about her and her intentions.
0: So, but so that, that, that's the, that's the
2: desperate to believe that she's I, a good person, that she's amazing.
0: That, but then the ending, it's like, she says the poem and then she it, it smiles. A, a, no, a, she a, doesn't like
2: though. the minute she opens that door, she leaves.
1: It's his
0: imagination.
2: That's his imagination. Yeah
0: right so that's his imagination
2: yeah that's why the sun's shining so brightly that's why she says when in the reading of um her essay throughout the throughout the film it's like it opens with in this book by herman melville and when she reads it to him at the end it's in this amazing book by herman melville yeah.
0: okay all right. So he's imagining so, the happy
2: ending as he's dying. That's my take on it, anyway.
0: No, no, no. So, so, all right. I mean, no, okay. So th- th- let me. That's a re okay. That's interesting, and I hadn't, I, I had not glommed onto that. So, is what is your interpretation of the ending? Of the, like, is it she's fucked
1: off?
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Left him there dying.
2: Yeah and he he imagines what he wanted her to do as he slips away, basically. Mm.
0: I'm going to be a dick here. Why doesn't Hong Chao come back, or is it just because, like, literally, it's just his imagination
1: there, and he... he... Okay.
2: I think that's the point at which he dies.
1: Oh, yeah, he he dies trying to get up.
2: And he just doesn't imagine Hong Chao coming back. Yeah, he never gets up on his feet.
1: Yeah. Fucking hell! Yeah, it's too—it's too much of an incongruousness. The fact that when she opens the door, it goes bang. Sunlight flooded with sunlight, and
0: throughout throughout the entire rest of the movie,
1: it's been raining. Yeah,
0: I thought—I thought so. I thought it was him dying. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was him dying, but like that, he is doing that stepping and waddling over to her was like him doing that in his last like dying moments no I, 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 and i was thinking well fuck me that's cheesy like yeah. the the sun coming in but that even darker interpretation of no she's just fucked off so like this whole thing of him believing that she's brilliant and like the the mum saying she's not she's evil which also felt a little bit well calm down but
2: <laughs> I this whole that was really relatable to be fair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know, yeah. I, I, I mean, like that is a. <laughs> so is. the thing is, right? I think the marketing of the film has done a number on me there because the marketing is like, and 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 like the the quotes that the awards consideration stuff is going with is like, I believe that people are amazing. Like the film is supposed to be a stirring optimistic guy gets his happy ending with his daughter and it's tragic that he dies but if the action, like, if the intended ending of the, and the thing is I, a lot of people are like, like, well, you know, films are up to the eye of the beholder, blah 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 no, my feeling about this film is going to be very, very directly affected by what the intention of the author, i.e. Aronofsky is here, because if it is that is a load of bullshit he's imagining it in his head and it's actually an incredibly dark ending where he
2: dies a lot he is
0: imagining his daughter being nice and she just walked out on him mm. i still don't don't get me wrong i don't love the film and i wouldn't love the film for that but i think my reaction to it would not necessarily be as fuck this movie as as it was just because it is I don't believe Brendan Fraser's performance. The whole optimistic thing and then the, fil- the fact the film seemed, in my eyes, to validate that, I thought was bullshit.
2: To me, it's it's a movie about a man who's finally accepted the reality of his mortality, that has been killed by the addiction that was spurred on by his grief and he's trying to get his ducks in a row. And he's he's trying desperately to believe so that he can make some peace with it in his head that he's not fucked his daughter up by leaving. And she is still so, amazing inside, and he can bring that back out of her. And his dying brain just goes, do you know what, fuck it, let, let him have it. Yeah. Just just let him have this last happy moment. We're slipping away anyway. And for me, it's, it's fucking tragic for, for that.
1: It is, and I agree with you, but it's also a little bit like, I just I'm, I'm very much like I like don't see the point in what I just watched other than it was to be it was to make me miserable.
2: Well, maybe it's trying to say don't leave it till the last minute to get your ducks in a row. Mm. Don't leave it till it's too late.
1: Mm.
0: So the thing is so with, with the the preacher boy
1: who I thought was really good. Your
0: your interpretation of this, Bex, though, I think is really, really interesting. Because then, the preacher boy bit, where it's just like, this is the real world, this is objective, and the last scene is him going, oh, your daughter fixed things. But then it turns into, you're disgusting, you're, you're, you're a piece of shit. Like Essentially. Then that's kind of like the dark... He's seeing someone react to him and that being... Because it, it felt incongruous to me that you've got that and then what he takes away from that is my daughter's amazing.
2: Mm. But well, now... Even the major kid says, I don't know whether she was trying to hurt me or help me, but whatever whatever the intention, I'm going home. And he so decides he to re- believe the nice enough yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's himself. Yeah, so himself. then he
0: reads that as that. Yeah, okay.
1: When, when, when us as an audience go... No, 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 no. you were literally just looking outside at the plate that she's fucking smashed.
2: Where you feed your little bird, Where you feed your little bird. Yeah. Little bitch. She is very convincingly a twat in this.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it it, it, did... Fuck. You see, I'm turned around on Sadie Sink. Go on. And it's not necessarily her performance. It's like the way that her performance is seen through the prism of Brendan Fraser.
1: Hmm.
0: Oh fuck! Hey, look, I, I admit when I when I think I might be wrong.
1: Huh? See, I I I, I, I had the same thing with you at the end, of, but I still don't like the film. Yeah, but. And the thing is, you know, the, observe
2: emotions, the fat.
1: I, 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 observe
0: the fat man in his habitat. Thing still really bothers me. Yeah, yeah,
2: that like the whole bleak kind bleak. of like
0: when he's eating the fried chicken. It's like look how fucking disgusting. Yeah, look how
2: greasy my face is.
0: Yeah, yeah. Look look the, how many handfuls that, of food
2: look, I can shove into my face. Yeah, it's it's voyeuristic.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so
1: good point that,
0: Bex yeah yeah it it is and it made me it made me feel uneasy which then made me feel uneasy because it's like shit are we just supposed to feel a bit disgusted watching this guy because that doesn't feel cool the
2: opening scene is it's not look at this sad lonely man and feel pity for him it's Look at the fat guy having a wank.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, dirty. That, that's it's it. in a
2: dirty way. Do you know what? That guy wants
1: to jerk off in his fucking living room on his own.
2: Let him jerk off. But do you know what? At the end of the day, whether it's whether it's a morbidly obese chap having a wank, or it's a fucking ripped, tanned, oiled guy having a wank, I still don't want to fucking see it. It's not exactly a dignified thing to watch, is it? I mean,
0: no, I, I would it's feel a private the exact same
2: that you have on your own.
0: I'd feel exactly the same watching Brendan Fraser have a wank as I would watching Darren Aronofsky have a wank. And I bet he wouldn't fucking film
1: that. Oh, I bet it would be the most overproduced wank anyone's ever had. I bet he'd cry. I bet it would literally... I bet the only thing he wanks over is his Saturn Award for pie. <laughs> he just stares at the, his own reflection of it saying, Tell me I'm good! <laughs>
2: But that's that's the thing, that's the thing that pissed me off about it, is it's not, they've presented it as this is really sad and disgusting for you to watch because he's having a wank and he's morbidly obese, whereas it it just would be anyway, it's not not really an act that guys do in front of people, in front of an audience as a rule, I guess.
1: I mean that's a general rule. I would say if you're talking about the percentage of wanks that are done, I would say it's a very small percent that are done in front of people, yes.
2: I just feel like it's not it's not like a dignified thing you'd want to invite people to watch.
1: I mean, I think you've been a bit prudish there and say that wanking is undignified, to be honest. No, but
2: like in the same way that like <laughs> it, childbirth is a miracle. It's not a dignified thing that I'd want anyone to watch me do.
1: I'd prefer to watch having a wank than watch <laughs> me in birth, to be honest. The, the
0: the the thing is the point that Mark made earlier on about you know it's basically you got that bit where like that bus arrives in the middle of nowhere which I'm assuming was the daughter on a bus or what was that? It seemed more like it was the preacher kid. Oh, that no, that makes sense. All right, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. But then it cuts to him having a wank. It is Aronofsky going, look at this.
1: Yeah, it, it, it mm-hmm. you know. It's, it's him being leery, and he's quite leery.
2: But I, do, I think you can't... I mean, yes, it's it's his film, he's directed it. It's not written by him. It's not his story. And I don't think you can you can write off the film because Aronofsky has made some bad choices in his presentation. I think that's unfair. Um, I think that's unfair I, to the, presen- the, the, when, the performances Darren, and when, the story. When
1: Darren Aronofsky is, is at pains. To make out that he's a auteur, I think you can.
2: Yeah, but there's only there's it, only a couple of bits really that are like that, and it is it's the bits with it's the bits with the wanking and the bits with the food. I actually don't even think the bit where he gets upset. What does he get upset about?
1: Well, when he, when he goes, into his binge moment.
2: Yeah, is it because the pizza man looks disgusted at him? Yeah, the one that he normally hides from.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, he does that, and then he's like writing. Oh. Actually, and that just reminded me, the be honest thing, like no it, it, to his students. No, nah, nah, mate. I'm no. You, it, it does just feel like petulant. Like at the start, he's giving this like careful, thoughtful consideration, and you know, and it's it's all good points. And then by the end of it, it's tell me something real.
2: Yeah, but I think could that have something to do with the fact that he's about twenty four hours away from dying?
0: I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I just. I I I don't know, and it, like then, yeah, How is that arc going to end? He's going to put the camera on. It's going to be like, "This is me. I'm real." It it felt sick form art college studenty. And, and, and to you. be fair, that's probably the play. But it, it it just I yeah I, I'm I'm yeah I'm not into that. I, I that that whole arc. I just thought it was a bit fucking whatever, mate. I, I, I don't know. And the, the, um, they, the, the lad who kept on coming over about like the benefits of like, and the, the revelation with him that he actually stole the money. I, I'll be honest. There were parts of it that reminded me of the room where it's like, I got the results of the test back. It's definitely breast cancer. Like, Some of the moments like in that sequence where that lad's like talking about that, I just thought like, what's going on? Like, can't he just be a fucking Bible basher? Does he really have to have this fucking story about how he borrowed the money to, because he stole the money because he wanted to start his own movement? It's like, I don't care. I don't care. And again, that's the play. I'm sure. I'm sure that's not a, not an Aronofsky thing, but it, it it just look. I think Bex, your interpretation of the ending has turned me around on aspects of the film. I still don't think it's a good film. That's fine. Yeah, but thank you. But thank you though, because I feel less that like it. I was angry. Like bless Noel, I was ranting at him after. <laughs> um. And I I feel less angry about the film now, and like with with that just especially like the the way that his like feet lifted up off. It was like what the fuck's this? Because I just thought that was the moment he keeled over. Not necessarily the whole thing was Bobbins, but I could see that interpretation, and it makes me feel better about my reading of the film.
1: Oh shit. It's a real shame, I think, because I think that everybody in it is in it for the right reasons. And I think he's giving he's given a good performance in it. I don't There's a bad performance in it. I think they're all very good. Um, but I just didn't, yeah. Wasn't my thing. Are you definitely not shit, Bex? Yeah,
2: I think I am, actually.
1: Yeah. Fair play. Glad you enjoyed it. I
2: expect.
0: What for? The like at like that reading of the film, it makes me it makes it go down better. Okay,
2: you're welcome.
0: Well, our audience poll, yeah, this is
2: Hang
0: interesting. On, it's being given his rating, shit. Um, a, a shit, but not as fucking toxic as as it was.
1: <laughs> like it was like superior level for me. Uh, well, our audience poll, this is interesting. Definitely not shit. Forty three percent. Touching cloths 14% and shit 43%. Oh, wow. So that is very much, you're on one side or the other. Yeah, I don't And one know. guy who went,
2: oh. It's fine. <laughs> I like Sadie Think, she's in Stranger Things. Is she a thinger? She is a thinger. <laughs> but she's also a, um, what's it, fear streeter, isn't she?
1: Is she? Oh, yeah, she's in that fear Yeah, of course she is. Yes. There we go. So, what have you been watching? Who wants to go first?
2: Well, I've only watched a couple on my own, so shall I get rid of mine?
1: Yeah, if you want, yeah.
2: Um, okay. Have I watched a couple on my
1: own? We watched, we watched three together this week. Well, two together and one that we both watched.
2: <laughs> but separately? Yeah. Because I watched it at your recommendation. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'll do the ones that I did on my own. So, I watched the Bunny Ears movie desperation started it a bit back didn't we you were watching it with me and then you were just like no i'm fucking out on this so you can watch the rest of it on your own it's not i don't don't think it was that
1: i think it was i fell asleep and then when you said you want to rewatch, want to watch the rest of it i was like no
2: yeah (laughs) yeah so desperation is is one of my don't get me wrong I wouldn't advocate for it being classed as one of the best Stephen King books. But it is one of my favourite Stephen King books because it's just fucking mad. And you read it and you're like, no way anyone's ever making this into anything on the screen that's good. Because it's just fucking weird. And... <sighs> so the film's not a film, it's a miniseries. Um, and it's... Boom! Hey.
1: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that was my, that was but it's, reaction, it's, it's a mini series
2: it. in the vein of like the it mini series um in that it's like a two-parter so it's not it's not like a series Just it's like just, a five part or anything like that and it's two hours and 11 minutes long so it's like movie length just over
1: just to point out when you booed that that literally was my exact reaction when you told me it's a mini series yeah it? you're
2: both very childish um
0: uh, we we both do a film uh podcast for all film bastards <laughs>
2: Yeah, that doesn't mean you can't be open. I'm,
0: I'm being a prick, we were talking about The Last of Us. I'm sorry, I'm bit be, am being a dickhead.
2: Yeah. Uh, not gonna disagree with you. <laughs>
0: no, fair enough. Um
2: but anyway, so it's it's by um repeat collaborator with with like repeat adapter, I would say, Mick Garris. Um it's got Tom Skerritt in it, Annabeth Gishwa is always fun to see like rock up in stuff. Henry Thomas is in it, um, people um and it's yeah it's basically about this like ancient entity that escapes from a mine that's been reopened by a greedy mining company despite there having been a cave in there years and years ago and then it takes over various people um and kills like everyone else and then it takes over Ron Perlman and because Ron Perlman's the fucking size and shape Ron Perlman is um, his body lasts longer than other people's because he's more healthy than the other people it's tried to take over so Ron Perlman's character goes on essentially like a killing spree it kills everyone in the town and then starts like setting traps for people on the road that goes past like the highway and then bringing them to town to kill them or is like future vessels when
1: when this one runs when out when this
2: one runs out so that it can just keep doing bad shit like it doesn't seem to have a long term game plan no like, i
1: don't say he's very much let's get through the next day
2: yeah um and it can also control like like the lower animals like your crows and wolves like predator animals i guess and then and then there's like um like this this real bible bashing kid Um, of course yeah who loses his entire family and then says that God's bad and he's forsaking God and then like the alcoholic writer because obviously there's a writer he persuades him to not give up on God and there's a whole like God is cruel yeah of course he is what did you expect did you not read the Old Testament kind of you know conversation that happens as is it's a very faithful adaptation so it's pretty much lifted from the book and Stephen King always has if there's religion in a film it's either bad or organized religion is bad and spirituality is good yeah but yeah it's I, I read Desperation not so long back and rewatching it it's it's one of those things isn't it like when you when you when you watch a film that's been adapted from a book that you love, you kind of want it to be really faithful, but then there is an argument that slavishly faithful is the wrong way to go. Yes. So, I like it, but there's things that could have been done better. And they refer to the the um, the kid as God Boy, the God Boy all the way through it. That's funny. Um, and I also watched Frailty.
0: Uh, just uh, talking about the God Boy, uh, Mark, you uh, uh, play any God of War, the the game that I bought you? I've not yet, no.
1: I've been too busy right. watching movies. Okay, <laughs> how long you had it for? 16 months. It's good stuff. I'll get to it though.
2: <laughs> um, Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm just looking at something. Um. So yeah, and then I watched Frailty um, with nice Matthew McConaughey I want to yeah man yeah it's yeah, a yeah. good film that it's a really good film yeah. and like it, it's it's again it's unreliable narrator because he's telling the cop the story all the way through and he's one brother but then in reality he's the other brother and then he just like kills him because he killed his mum yeah. but yeah it's all demons and shit and Bill Paxton's there which is always nice Um, Jeremy Sumter's in it which is very strange because he's just peter pan isn't he like in my head he's just peter pan and he's done nothing else but obviously he's an actor and he has um yeah i think i've only seen frailty once before and it, i don't know why but it popped into my head the other day and i was just like yeah i could watch that again so i did blur. it's really good nice demons and shit nice yeah
1: that are your solos? That's all I'm out. Do you want me to do my solos now?
2: You do your solos,
1: yeah. I've only watched, only watched a few solo actually. I think I'm missing one, but it's not do that. You watched...
2: <laughs> nice. What? <laughs> that
1: one. I thought you were going to mock me about this one.
2: No, I like it.
1: So, I uh, rewatched watched Bruce Almighty. <laughs> um, oh. Because I, I was feeling a bit of a Jim Carrey mood.
2: Called, Evan Carell. Almighty, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Steve
1: Carell, yeah. I haven't watched that. No. Um, it, it it's kind of it's it's maybe not aged brilliantly, but not aged too bad, is mm. what I would say. Bruce Almighty, it is incredibly I I mean, it's twenty years old, but it's it 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 does feel a little bit like it's Jim Carrey at that time where he'd stopped trying. Oh. With the comedy bits, yeah. and was just turning up, just doing stupid voices and doing like bits, and it's very much like like he's going, do you know what? If all people want is me to turn up, pull stupid faces, mm. and make what is it? But then within the story is kind of like it, it's the story is that he that that's what he does. The character Bruce does. Is that he's like a he's a news reporter that gets given all like the fun stories, mm. and that all he does is make people laugh. But he wants to be an anchor; he wants to be taken more seriously. And then when he gets a taste of that, it doesn't sit with him. So he wants to go back to just being fun mm. and funny, and realizes that just making him laugh is actually it's fine. It's what he's good at.
2: To no pursuit.
1: And so it literally feels a little bit like there's something he's kind of seen within that. Um, mm. But it is quite funny um, at points in the sense that Jim Carrey is funny. Yeah. Um, within I'm not that. sure I understand. You should, Siri. Um,
2: you need to watch The Mask, but, Siri.
1: But there is uh, there's also a moment so there's a callback bit where when he first goes to see God but he doesn't know he's going to see God it's Morgan Freeman and Morgan Freeman's playing like essentially like a janitor but he's God but he's like he's mopping and he's like oh do you want to give me a hand mopping this and like Jim Carrey goes, goes, ah, funny one, he's like, wait, you've been serious? He's like, well, yeah. And he's like, all right, well, I just need to go up and do this thing and then I'll, I'm sure I'll give you a hand. Um, and then the callback later on is, he he, he go, when he goes back to try and find him again, he starts giving him a hand. There's a wonderful little moment that you can tell is not within the script. Yeah. Where they've just finished doing, like, mopping the whole floor bit. And Morgan Freeman just goes, all righty then.
2: <laughs>
1: and he does. And Jim Carrey just has this look and looks at him and just starts giggling to himself and just shakes his head. And Morgan Freeman is desperately trying to hold back this laugh and just look forward. And it's just a wonderful kind of sweet little moment that when you actually start reading into it, apparently Jim Carrey was not in a good place when he yeah. made this. Um. And yeah.
2: I really feel for Jim Carrey. I feel he's been. He's had a rough run of it. Yeah. Uh, you kind of think, like. I mean, he was massive. He? he was fucking massive. You'd think that there'd be people there to take care of him if he starts going down a certain route. Yeah.
1: I've um, well, I, I actually started watching another Jim Carrey movie because I'm watching it on my lunch break. Mm. Um, I've started watching another one which I'll talk about next week. But mm. I also watched this week. Uh the nineteen eighty-six excuse me uh Gary Boosie movie Eye of the Tiger.
2: <laughs> you love Gary
1: Boosie. I do love Gary Boosie, yes. <laughs> uh, which, yes, for anyone who who who's asking there, does open with the song Eye of the Tiger. Nice. Uh, do you want to know what it's about? Go on then. Go on. Ian have recording you ever seen... of the song Eye of the Tiger. Have you ever seen no better. So <laughs> So, Gary Busey plays Buck Matthews because, of course, he plays Buck Matthews. Why not? Buck Matthews. Yeah. Buck Matthews is just. He's, when the film starts, he's literally getting out of prison. He's done something mm. and he's been in prison. He's also a Vietnam vet. And then at the same time, there is a Latino guy who's also getting out of prison. Who was desperately trying to get him to come to Miami to come work with him because you know because Buck saved this guy's life while they were in the joint together. And Buck's like, nah no, nah, no, no, I've got a job back for me and a wife and a kid back in my hometown. I just want to go back there and have a quiet life. And he go and this this clearly like Latino gang member, but like high up within it goes, No, oh, if you ever need me, here you go. Here's my card, if you ever need me, anything you need. You have it. Just FYI, think,
2: everyone, Mark is is acting out, giving someone their card.
1: Yeah, uh, and it's like, they're going, oh, I wonder if that's going to come back later. <laughs> um, so he gets back to his small little town, and what what would you have it? It's been overrun by, by a biker gang. Oh, no. Right, but not like a fucking Sons of Anarchy fucking Tattoos and fucking Harley's cool biker gang. Do no, not wear No, no, no. no they don't. No. They wear, like, fucking green jumpsuits and, like, are on, like, fucking Ducatis. But like dirt biked fucking Ducatis or Yamahas. They're just real fucking punks. Um, and they're running like drugs and all sorts. And books like, nah, I don't like this. So he starts fucking like being the only one who's fighting against it. And so they kill his wife. <gasps> yeah. And like the law is in on it. And then you find out that the reason why he went to prison is because the sheriff framed him. No. And the only friend he's got is one of the other detectives there, played by Yafet Koto, um, who, I'll be honest, just doesn't seem to want to do anything because he literally keeps saying, Look, I'm not doing anything, I'm retiring in like a week. <laughs> and you keep think, thinking, Oh, he's going to fucking die. Done. But he's also got a plane. Nice. And a, and a mixtape of James Brown.
2: Who, Yafet Koto? Yeah, Nice.
1: All this makes sense. Yeah. Um, what's it? Guy Busey at one point rings up. His mate from prison and goes, look, I need something. So what does his mate do? Sends him, like, a fucking a massive, like, fucking 4 before 4 truck. Yeah. That's just, like, that. that is like somebody, a pimped kit from Knight Rider. It was like a redneck Night Rider. It's got, like, rocket launchers that fucking come out of it. Makes completely sense. fucking bulletproof. And he just takes on this fucking bike again. Yeah. In typical Gary Beauty fashion. Nice. It's a fucking great time. <laughs> I had a blast with it. It's bonkers.
2: Of course you did.
1: It's bonkers. It's
2: <laughs> <You're> so weird.
1: <laughs> yeah. Good time. Good time. I had a fucking tiger. And I also watched um, Meet Cute. Hell yeah. Um, and I really liked it. You were keen on it, you, Lucky, like, to watch it?
2: I wasn't super excited for the idea, now because I'm not a rom-com person.
1: Uh, And I then basically watched it and said to Vex, I actually think you should watch this because it's not a rom-com. It's quite fucking dark. (laughs) So I did. So you did? Yeah. And what did you think?
2: Yeah, I 100% agree. It's it's obviously, I said to you afterwards, didn't I, it's got the cheesy rom-com ending, but the actual journey from... Point A to Point B before you get to Point C is is quite quite clever actually and like you say quite dark like it's quite twisty. Yeah. Got some shit going on.
1: Yeah, the, the, like like the fact that she keeps on just the fact that she has this spoiler alert people it is this like this year long relationship where she starts to dislike him. Yeah. <laughs> but for him, it's just the first night.
2: Yeah. Well, so yeah, so basically <laughs> she goes back in time twenty four hours every day, doesn't she? Yeah. But, like, she jokingly says to him in the, in the first kind of encounter that you observe, he asks, you know, what, what do you do about the you from 24 hours ago? And she's like, ha, 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 ha I kill her. I hit her with my car and I put her in my boot. And, like, you, she says it in such a jokey way and then there's, like, a few bits that where it's like she said stuff but she really, it was other stuff. And, and then you'd gone to bed early, hadn't you, because you were on an early the next day. Yeah. And I was watching it on my own downstairs. And then, yeah, she, she really did. Hit her with a car. Yep. And I messaged you didn't
1: I? Yep. Saying, wow, she did hit her with a car. Yeah, don't joke him But then you've got bits like the fact that she actually She just kills
2: herself every day. Yeah. herself in the boot.
1: She accidentally realizes that she's turned herself into an alcoholic by having the same night out every single time. Mm. And has a moment of realisation, but it doesn't really do that much with it. But like she has a moment of realisation when she's talking about her dad being an alcoholic and just going to a different bar every night and she, she kinda of looks around and goes, with this moment of, oh, shit. Tried <laughs> yeah, it's... And then when she tries to change history, it just all goes fucking wrong. It's a really interesting film. I really quite liked it.
2: Yeah, she goes back in time to various, like, pivotal points in his life to fix them for him so he's not as damaged. And then she meets up with him again and she fucking hates him because he's all, <laughs> like, together
0: and shit. And it's, um... Kelly Cuoco, I kind of feel like 20... Like, any time up until about 10 years ago she would have been a star in films. Oh, yeah. Uh, and now she's in this, which is like a Peacock original, and she's had the flight attendant, obviously, like, she probably never needs to work again because of her time on the Big Bang Theory, but it just, it. she's very, very good in this. She's yeah. really charming. Um, I, 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 the thing is, like, Donna and I used to watch the Big Bang Theory, and, you know, yeah, I, it's some basic bitch TV but we like
1: it, it, it and it, I think it's one of those it's, it's very like you say it's very basic bitch TV but it, I think you need that kind of like almost yeah, like yeah. empty calories thing within you to watch
2: well we we are yeah, yeah, friends exactly. didn't we we re-watch we, we friends yeah. every few years because it's just it's just stick it on while you're having your dinner TV
0: yeah, it's exactly that. And don't get me wrong, there's some already cancelable stuff about the Big Bang Theory. like the, the character of Howard in the early years has not aged well. But Kaley Cuoco is great and I wish she was in more things on the big screen. Yeah, you get the feeling and that
1: I, maybe she just the, the, the Big Bang Theory lasted a few years too long it, for her. Yeah, yeah, she
0: just never quite made that jump before... Like, now, like, she's not the young, hot thing anymore. And it's such a shame. Yeah, but she,
2: being she, in she, movies isn't necessarily the be-all and end-all. Well, she's made a really good living out of I know, but, TV.
1: She She, freely. No, but she, I like
0: watching her in things, and I don't watch much TV. Yeah. So, you know, I'm entirely selfish in this, Beth. <laughs> and I, I'm exactly
1: the same, but she's freely admitted that she wanted to leave Big Bang Theory about four or five seasons before. Yeah. And was asked to remember on a podcast and asked, um, well, why didn't you? And she very honestly said... Well, one, I didn't dislike working on it. It wasn't anything to do with the cast. It wasn't anything to do with the show or anything like that. I, it was just, it, it it was so all-encompassing. It was all I had, all I all I could really do. She said, and so I thought I'd leave. He said, well, why didn't you? And like, because they just offered me more money. And it was, <laughs> right, this is stupid. I can't, I, if I do another two, three seasons of this, that's it. I never have to work again and can do whatever I want for the rest of my career.
2: She's playing Doris Day in an untitled Doris Day Mm. mini-TV. But
1: also as well, it's the continuation of, I actually really like watching Pete Davidson and stuff.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're, They're good, charming
0: people on screen. It's a good premise,
1: yeah, well acted. Yep.
0: I, I, yeah, meet cute, silent banger. I swear to God, Noel, good work yeah. with the recommendation.
1: And that, that's it. I'd have hovered over it for so long if, if both Noel and yourself hadn't have gone. No, actually, it's really quite good. And as well, let's face it, it's a rom com kind of genre pick, um, and it's ninety minutes, and it gets it done quickly, but builds the characters enough that you that you give a shit about them.
0: And it's a great
1: low-key
0: ending as well. Mm. It's not a run to an airport. No. You know, and it's like a big location, but it still feels like quite low-key and just it's two people.
1: Yeah, it's, it's. I was really really quite impressed with it. Yeah, interesting film, that. Um, we've got two more we we'll, we'll do and then we'll lead it at with a film that we all watched. Nice. Um. So we rewatched Chicago, didn't we? <laughs>
2: yeah, we did.
1: I'm not quite sure why we rewatched Chicago, but we did.
2: I wanted something at Saturday Night, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. It, yeah. It's. It's an instant... Oh no, I, I remember why I suggested it. Why? So was it Rick Kidd who asked on the podcast? Last week about comedians doing straight roles
1: Yes, that was it. You and might. the
2: answer that I wanted to give, but I didn't know if it counted because it's a musical, was um what's C. Riley. John C. Riley in Chicago. And his performance of Mr. Cellophane is like fucking heartbreaking. Like it's just so sad and it made me really sad at the time and it stuck with me all these fucking years. Like this came out in two thousand two. I haven't rewatched this since release. Mm. And that performance always—it's—it's really sad to me, and that's what made me want to rewatch Chicago. And then I saw when we were looking for something, it was on there, and I was like, "Oh, fancy Chicago." My main issue, and we discussed this at the time. (laughs) My main issue in this with this film. Is Catherine Zeta Jones is trying so fucking hard? Yeah, and it's
1: not that she's bad. No. She's not. She's, she's, she's actually quite much. good. She's too much. But yeah, she is, she is. I am the best girl in this stage school trying that <laughs> fucking hard. And it is it is that.
2: She's what's her name in Glee? Leah Michelle.
1: She is um. Is it any Flick in Election? <laughs> That's what she is.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. It is, it's, it's that. And you kind of watch it going, calm down a little bit.
2: <laughs> it's also as well, like in, uh, and I'm not I'm not like fat shaming, skinny shaming anybody with this comment, but Catherine Zeta-Jones is in really good shape in this movie. She, she is. And like in the costumes and stuff, she looks absolutely amazing. And then you put her next to Renee Zellweger, who looks like she's not eating in about six months, it, it, and she looks kind of like when is I think was
1: was kind of was in that post, post Bridget, Bridget Jones, Jones where yeah. she kind of felt like she had to lose so much weight.
2: She's, she's terribly skinny in this. Movie. Yeah, she's way too. And Maya's in it as well, isn't she? And she's really small. And Catherine Zeta-Jones is just like a normal sized adult woman who is in good shape. Mm. So it's, but like, in as a comparison, she looks so much bigger, and it's like, it's really weird. It's a real weird kind of.
1: I will say, if you have cast uh, Christine Borinski in something and you don't give her more time to, to, like, things to do or more time to fucking sing, you have made a huge mistake.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, also, we were watching this, and it was it was a fairly like low key scene, wasn't it? Where um, what's it? Uh, da, 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 da. Queen Latifah and Catherine Zeta-Jones are just in Queen Latifah's office, yeah. talking. And we were just sat there watching it, just like watching it unfold. And I just said something. I just turned around to you and I and said, "Do you know what I think what? I genuinely think that one of Queen Latifah's breasts would be bigger than my head.
1: I think it would be. Yeah,
2: she's stacked.
1: She's, I mean, she is. She's stacked up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh."
2: But the songs are good, the costumes are good, the sets, set pieces are good. It's 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 really well done. It's Chicago.
1: And talking of breasts,
2: I don't know how you're linking breasts with it. Oh, okay.
1: We <laughs> fine. We, we have the gift. Yeah. <laughs> that we watched.
2: Yeah. where you see, Dead Katie Holmes's breasts. You see
1: a live Katie Holmes's breasts as well.
2: you do. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What? <laughs>
2: What a weird, what a weird link?
1: Not really, boobs. <laughs> they link things.
2: I don't know where my inspiration for wanting to watch this came from.
1: Was it Katie Holmes' breasts? It definitely
2: wasn't Katie Holmes' breasts. No. Um, I wanted something a bit spookerty, and then I was like, oh, the gift, and then that wasn't on anything easily available. And then I was like, oh, do you know what else is quite similar to the gift, and came out around at, at the same time. Similar vibe. The Reaping also not on anything. What's Happy Swankin. Yeah.
1: We watched the gift in the end, didn't we? Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah we did, yeah.
1: How did you find your rewatch of it?
2: I really like the gift. I really like the gift actually, really yeah. It's it's just a really it's a really kind of grounded performance from Kate Blanchett that you don't tend to get. She's often a little too she plays characters that are a big personalities. Yes. And in this she's just a single mum. Who's a widow who reads cards, mm. and she's she's she's. You don't often get to see Cam, Kate Blanchett just playing like a normal human being, mm. and that's what she is in this. Yeah, and I think e- everybody really,
1: else around her is doing the bigness, the bigness, yeah, the obesity, and she's
2: just she's just yeah, aw. and she's just really good in it. Like she's, I think she's she's. It's a really good performance with very little role to work on. Mm. It it shows her talent rather than her ability to do an accent.
1: It was it, it was before the Wigan voice thing yeah, that she yeah. had for a good few anyway. years and I'm glad that she's out of the Wigan voice a bit now.
2: Oh yeah, 100%. But she oh, I mean I know it's I know it's 23 years ago now but it, it's easy to forget like that Kate Blanchett didn't always look like Kate Blanchett, Blanchett looks now like with the very sharp cheekbones and the the very wide mouth and stuff like that. She's she's just she just looks so different in this. It's really strange. When
1: it is 23 years.
2: Well ago. yeah, but
1: but yeah, but yeah, I, it's
2: just a really good story, and it's 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 got spooky elements, it's got mystery elements, it's it ticks a lot of boxes for for me especially because it's got the horror stuff, but like the thrillery side of it as well. For you,
1: I've much enjoyed the rewatch. And then Ian, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you take the reins now with your watching because we also rewatched Backdraft.
0: Backdraft, baby, Backdraft. Let's go. Right, so Backdraft is on Netflix in the UK. And uh, Saturday morning, I was just like, the the girls weren't up yet. I want to stick something on. Hovering, 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 hovering. Backdraft, I haven't seen this in a while. Right, Backdraft. I know I've seen it. Don't remember anything about it. It it kind of blew my mind. Going on Letterboxd after. Average ratings in the three points somethings. Uh, Mike Ginstroker gave it a three out of five because he's a heathen. Um and um backdraft fucking rules. Yep. It is weirdly ambitious in the amount of things it's trying to do with its two hour, twenty minute runtime. And William Baldwin takes some time to grow into his role. But by the end, I'm with him. Um Uh, Bex, by the way, I've just been talking to Noel on WhatsApp about your interpretation of The Whale Ending and he said you read too much Stephen King. (laughs) Um, There is no such thing as
2: too much Stephen King, I'll just point out.
0: No, um, yeah, no, cool, that's fair perspective. So, look, Backdraft, it's a story about brothers. It's a story about living up to your father's legacy, it's a story about having sex with Jennifer Jason Lee on the top of a fire engine. It's the story of a conspiracy about whether firemen are being well treated by those above them. It's a story about a mystery around a, a, an arsonist who is blowing up people through backdrafts, which kills them, but doesn't really kill anybody else. A very advanced form of fire-based murder. It's a story about loving fire and knowing it's dangerous and respecting it. Uh, it's the story of Donald Sutherland's parole hearing. It's all of these.
2: He's so and good it... at the firebug, though, is isn't
0: he? Yep, he rules. Backdraft rules. Uh, this is a film... That will never be made again. Like, this just kind of sprawling... Let's chuck a bunch of really good actors into this shit... And have real practical fire effects. And just, like, have at the end... Hans Zimmer doing this score... Which just gets me fucking teared up. Like, the sheer emotional weight of it all. It... It is terrific...
1: It's got a, a great kind of underappreciated De Niro performance in it as well.
0: Yeah, he's real fucking good in this too. Yeah, absolutely. I love that it's De Niro <clears throat> just on the margins, mm. and then he's not in it for what like apart from like the shots at the funeral at the end for like what like the half last half hour. He's just not there, mm. and it, it's it's terrific film.
1: Yeah. Always been a big fan of Backdraft. Always, always really enjoyed Backdraft. Just think it's it just it's a really just good fucking grown up filmmaking, mm. but like grown up entertainment filmmaking. It ushered in like very much like a wave of these type of films that ran through the nineties. Mm. Yeah.
2: I think it's 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 because um, obviously Kurt Russell plays the dad and the brother, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I thought I, think, I thought I think that's quite good. Quite like that. Yeah.
0: Weirded me out.
2: <laughs>
0: I thought like Kurt Russell's in the opening credits. He's just been blown up in the first ten minutes. Like I said, I swear I've seen this before. But then when he turned up again, it was like, oh okay. <laughs> what else
1: have you been watching, bud?
0: So, add me a John Cusack double.
1: Ooh, nice.
0: Who'd you go for? So, watched 1408. I love that film. Now, yeah, right. Okay. 1408 is good. That's a good film. Um, it really does well with its, for a long time, just in a hotel room and manages to find ways of making that intriguing. I think the last 20, 25 minutes or so where it kind of does the fake out it was all a dream or whatever and then no actually it turns out that is not real. Is a little bit meh nah, but <laughs> a bit the scene where John Cusack is in that like post office sorting room kind of DHL delivery place and all those guys are like knocking away in the background like, and it's like they're doing, like, some construction or something. And then it kind of, like, dawns on him. Oh, shit. I'm still in the room. And then they rip apart the whole, like, set. And it just reveals the room. Awesome. Fuck, that rules. Um, You know, there's moments in it maybe don't work. There's a bit where John Cusack looks in his mini-fridge... And Samuel L. Jackson's in there talking to him. And it's just a bit like, what, what? And he's just ripping apart his mini fridge. It's like, yeah, go on, get that mini Samuel L. Jackson. Go on, buddy. And (laughs) it's just a bit like, what the fuck? But great jump scare in it uh, where uh, John Cusack is looking over at another building and he sees someone and he's like, hey, help me, help me. He realizes it's him, and then in the background he sees someone coming at the person, and then he looks behind him, and it's like Rah! the person's in his face. Brilliant. <laughs> um, but then there's some upsetting shit in it as well, because like the whole thing, it like he's feeling guilt about his daughter dying and him not fighting hard enough, and just like where he's hugging his daughter. And then he hugs, squeezes her, and then she just turns into ash. And it goes real hard. Um, fourteen oh eight, good movie, good movie. Do you know what's also a good movie? God, cool. High Fidelity. Ah, oh, fucking yes. <laughs> um, so I like literally. Uh, Don like went went to bed. Uh, and. Like, I was just like, All Right, fuck it. I was a bit drunk. It was Friday night. I was like, All right, we'll see what's on. Hi Fidelity, I haven't seen this in ages. 4K, Dolby Vision on Disney Plus. Let's go. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and, right, so the thing is. I haven't seen this woman in about 20 years. And Rob is such a dickhead. Oh yeah. And by the end of the film. 100% do not think he deserves to have her back.
1: No, but I don't think he does either.
0: <laughs> no, no. And that that does bother me a bit. Because even, no, she is a little bit just like you're comfortable. <laughs> like, you're just like, alright, fuck. It, it's almost like she's given up. I'm um, <laughs> just, I'm not sure about that as an ending. But He's, he's very charismatic. You could see why Lisa Bonet would want to get with him. But you could also see why she's like, yeah, see you later. Um, Jack Black, brilliant. <laughs> Maybe could have got some Oscar heat that year for Best Supporting Actor, if I'm honest. I think it happens, if it came up
1: now, yeah, possibly it would do.
0: It, you know, it's like it's showy. He has that great turn at the the end where he just busts out the Marvin Gaye. Um, yeah, I you know I I think it's great, and also just seeing the boss like in the prime of his fucking life. <laughs> it's a, be- a beautiful thing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Like high fidelity, I I maybe don't like it as much as I did when I was like seventeen, eighteen but that that that's absolutely fine I, I i still think it's great um okay so i also uh uh watched uh, puss in boots the last wish <laughs> so this has been getting people's engines rubbing, uh, running people love this um it's got a unique animation style and puss in boots is chased through the entire thing by a wolf who is essentially a representation of death. Um, It is about Puss living the last of his nine lives and and, and facing his mortality. Um, Lottie watched... Yep. Yep. And I think that, because it's got some very... Obvious adult themes has got people going. Well, this is this is something. If it was a Pixar film, do you slightly think people would just be feeling like that. Well, yeah, that makes sense. It's Pixar because it's DreamWorks.
1: It's holy shit, and because it's the Puss in Boots sequel.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's well done. It's don't get me wrong. It's well done, Lottie. Has a big thing about the anti wolf agenda in popular culture. Right. And this representation of death is a wolf. She does not like that. Uh, but she got quite quickly, she kept on saying, It's the Grim Reaper. <laughs> it was like, Wow, wee. All right. You're nine. And you're calling things the Grim Reaper. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> fine. But she got that it it wasn't a real wolf it was like the representation of death um so that 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 was something um and and yeah i um i liked it it it's it's good it, it it's good it's better than the puss in boots sequel should be absolutely interesting animation style Florence Pugh doing some really good vocal work as Goldilocks. Like like she's actually really, really good in it. She's putting in a shift. So's Banderas, so's Hayek. Like they they all are actually. Um it's 20 minutes too long. It's about an hour forty five. Nah, mate. You don't need to do that. Um as well as Goldilocks and her free kind of Cockney gangster bears. You've also got uh, little Jack Horner, who's now Big Jack Horner who is basically a uh, fairy tale gangster voiced by John Mulaney who wasn't really in the marketing material and I think that's because they realised yeah villain too much you've just got this whole other villain do not need to be there it's fine mm. there's a lot of people going it should win the best animation Oscar if it wins over turning red I think that will be a fucking disgrace. That's me. My, that you know, my my feelings on it. I think it's decent. It's a good film. Not entirely sure it's a five star banger. So there we are. Yeah. But, uh, people people disagree. Yeah.
2: Have you watched Sea Beast yet?
0: No, uh, but Lottie specifically wanted to watch Puss in Boots: The Last Wish.
2: That's fair. I'll allow it. I'm
0: getting to it. I will. <laughs> I just uh, i, I right, be I've intrigued
2: got... to see what you think because it's it's like I just I randomly saw it on like I think it's Netflix that it's on, and was like oh this seems intriguing and watched it and it was like better than better than it felt like it had any right to be.
0: I I, I promise you I'm gonna watch it. Okay. Um. So uh, I rewatched *Barbarian*. Um, *Barbarian* rules. I, I I think it's great. Uh, it, it wasn't as good watching it at home than it was in that cinema in Florida with the girl, the, the girl very loudly saying "nope" about two seconds before the character on screen did. Um, and the guy at the end of it, me just talking to him in in the toilet. And him just going, that was wild and just laughing and just going, That was wild. It was great. And just in the lobby talking to people about Barbarian and them all going like yeah, that was that was that was great. I don't I just don't know. Like what? When he pushed her off the roof, what? It's just Americans <laughs> loving films. It's the best. Um so I didn't have that. But I really, really enjoyed it. Still, Um, the cut between like the reveal of the woman, the naked woman, and it just cuts to blue sky and Justin Lon singing along to that Donovan song is so fucking good. Um, That that film, I feel like it's one that like maybe every few years it's just going to bubble up on social media as, like, have you seen this
1: crazy film? Yeah, it's going to have its time quite a few times. I
2: yeah. Just, I just want one of these mad films, like, every year, though. Like, just one. every Or every couple of years, like, a malignant barbarian. I just want it to continue, that we just get, like, regular ones. Mithrigan. <sighs> Mithrigan. Now, because Mithrigan was a bit of a disappointment.
0: Yeah, you you need it more than Methreegan. Mm. Yeah,
2: it
1: needs to be turned up another level.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, Barbarian. Disney Plus. It looks really good as well on Disney Plus, actually. Um, okay, so I uh watched uh Avengers Endgame.
2: Nice. I
0: think because I was kind of in the mood to remind myself why I like Marvel films before Quantumania. Um, right, Endgame. With hindsight being 2020, if they were doing the best picture nominations for that year now. I think Endgame would be in there. Oh, for sure. Um, That film is the absolute apex of what the MCU will be. There is no way that that film culturally, uh, that series, culturally, critically or commercially reach those heights ever again. That is 11 years of filmmaking getting people to invest in stories and in characters that are that well drawn that drawn or that well defined with films that are singular enough that don't point to other narratives constantly and let the characters breathe that then culminate in what that is the mcu is not gonna do that again. I'd love to be proven wrong. They're not gonna do that again.
1: No, they—they—it's they, they, lightning in a bottle.
0: Yeah, it's—they've
2: flown too like, close to the sun. That's what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. It—it mm. it is honestly. I think it is the blockbuster of the century so far.
2: Infinity was better they, than Endgame, though. Infinity
1: War is the better film. It's a better film, but but Endgame is a better blockbuster. Hmm. I would agree with that. I I I yeah. I I don't think I.
0: I'll be honest. I don't think I agree with that. But that that's absolutely your take, and I think that's fair enough. It, it's as a moment. The, it, it, it like in cinema for blockbusters. I I just don't see how it's topped and with the waning cultural relevance of cinema generally i i i feel like it's the last high high yeah top gun maverick was getting there like absolutely i don't i don't i don't think it was there in terms of just the sheer pop culture of it all uh, but certainly the mcu i don't know how they do that it, like it's going to be chasing the dragon um endgame it's a miracle that film it's yeah there you go Um, and uh, last one for this week Uh, so the film that I said no I'm not I'd rather not watch the Reese Witherspoon Ashton Kutch the film because I'm half an hour into Tony Scott's Deja Vu
2: fucking banger as well
0: right this film rules now the last act doesn't rule as much as what has come before I still think it's fine but the sequence where he is chasing the car with the time camera in his left eye and the what is actually happening in his right eye is an incredible idea and I feel like Nolan took quite a bit from Deja Vu when he came up with Tenet.
1: Well, it was one of the films, because when no one makes films, he gives like actors like, a list of films that he wants to watch, wants them to, watch All right, okay. to get an idea of what the vibe they're going for, and Deja Vu was on that list for Tenet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, well, there you go
0: That I didn't know that. And it, it absolutely... Like, just the sheer... Denzel Washington is in the middle of the day, driving across a bridge... Well, in this, like, time camera, it's the middle of the night, so the road is less busy trying to keep up with, like, this bombing suspect. But he's having to swerve around traffic and just crash into shit. Is brilliant. Now, the third act of the film, like, it's basically him actually going back in time because he wants to save... This woman who was killed, like on the in the run-ups to the bombing, and in the like the first act when he's looking when he's just looking at the past, there's an awful lot of him looking at Paula Patton, and like her in lingerie and taking a shower, and him staring at her, and it's just a bit like, yeah, you wouldn't be doing this today.
2: <laughs> this
0: is. Yeah, Um, and it it is a it is a little bit distracting. Like Donna was watching it as well, and she was just a bit like, "He's just going to keep on doing this, is he?" Instead of actually like looking for clues. It's like, well, apparently he thinks the clues are in the shower, but (laughs) um, but I mean, it's funny though because like uh, Donna is is like, (laughs) I'll just stick things on. She'll be on the iPad. And um, she'll be, um, like, kind of, like, every now and then, like, paying attention. And then I had to stop it, um, like, to, uh, like, take Lottie up to her room and, like, read her a bedtime story and whatnot. And Donna was just like, don't put that back on until I'm back downstairs. (laughs) And she was just in. And there's another film that I'll talk about next week. I had to stop watching because, like, recording the podcast, and she was just like, "Don't put that back on until until we're both down in the room together." And I'm very very happy about that. And I'll talk about that next week. Oh,
2: give a clue.
0: I hope it's unstoppable. <laughs> no, it, it it's it, no, it's not Tony Scott. It's it's a Blumhouse. house. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> mm. Um, and uh, yeah that, 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 that's me so uh, yeah quite the varied week um, right Twitter questions
1: Twitter questions um, Dylan Black Lanterns if you could have a dream guest host for an episode of the show who would you pick
0: Like just to like literally do the show, do the show with it, yeah. as the show is. Yeah, like not do like a focused episode because that person is on.
1: Yeah, Bill Hader. Bill Hader is a really good shout. Could he do it at Al Pacino? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the thing is, he gen- he genuinely likes his films. Yeah, I I feel like he would be. Like literally, Bill Hader or Paul Thomas Anderson, because it's just like people who do actually kind of seem to keep up and respect today, not be too up their own asses, and have a good conversation about
1: shit now with like a good knowledge of the past. Because there's a few that I'm put I, there's a few in my brain. I'm going, you can't have these. You're putting them in a pantheon. So I'm saying for myself, I can't have Tarantino. I can't have Scorsese.
2: I reckon Tarantino would make us all feel really stupid anyway. No, because he's it, quite he interesting in, in his podcast.
1: No, but I, so I'm saying to myself, I can't have those. I have, to think, I have to think beyond the usual suspects. Have you got one, back? No. Do you not? Know? No. Because I have two Go on, that I think could be really fun. One would be Kurt Russell. Yeah. That'd be one that I think i would just be fun. But... I'm not sure how many movies Kurt Russell watches. So that, the... that, and yeah, that that's that's the thing.
0: I don't, I don't think there's that many either. And, um, and I don't, I, I'm don't not entirely sure his, on his views on on modern culture would be amazing.
1: I don't know. I think he's a fairly <laughs> he's a very with it cat. Um, but the one I'm gonna go for is Paul Feig. Sure, so, yeah. I think I, I just think he'd be he'd be good company. He watches a lot of movies. Fair enough. Any idea, Bex?
2: No, I can't, I can't think of anyone.
1: Right, next question. Um, Rick Kidd, um with High Noon uh, reimagined as a sci-fi in Outlander, your Jimbo Seven Samurai reimagined as westerns, what films would you like to see reimagined as a different genre and what genres would they be?
2: Oh, bloody hell, that's hard one as well.
0: A film as a different genre?
1: Film in a, in a, as a different genre, yeah. So you remake. Uh, taxi
0: something. driver, coming of age comedy with Jodie Foster as the lead and Ro- uh, Robert De Niro as the kindly old uncle figure who seeks to educate her about the world.
2: <laughs> That's really good. Okay. I'm going to need a minute.
1: Er. Uh, do, 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 do. Four Weddings and
0: a Funeral. Uh, Hugh Grant, who um, psychologically manipulates Andy McDowell through the film before she uh, just has to fall in love with him at the end because he's made it so.
1: I'm struggling with this one a little bit.
0: Nanook of the North. The first documentary in cinematic history which basically turns into a prequel to The Thing.
1: <laughs> alien. Um, but it's some form of buddy comedy where her buddy is Jones the Cat. <laughs> like in Turner and Hooch. And it's them just having a go around. But it's not it's set in space. It's sitting like an apartment block where an alien has landed and gone in. And she has to try and just her and the cat. After trying,
2: or like similar theme, one of the dogs in the thing remembers who he is, but he's still got all the weird tentacles <laughs> out of his face. Yeah. But he's a good guy. Oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, Sala or 120 Days of Sodom as a classic Hollywood musical with the uh, <laughs> memorable hit "Manja Manja Manja." <laughs> there
1: we fucking go. That's that's all the only questions we had. Brilliant. All right, coming up this week.
0: Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Also, Brandon Cronenberg's
1: Infinity Pool. What a week. What a week. I'm really excited yeah.
2: for Infinity Pool, actually.
1: I know nothing about it. Don't want to know anything about it until I watch it. I haven't watched the trailer, don't know anything about it other than I've seen a weird poster and that's it. But I've purposefully not read anything about it. i watched anything about it to go into it because people went, this looks mad. I went, I don't want to know why it looks mad. I want to watch it.
2: I'm a bit unhyped for Ant-Man and the Wasp because I feel like before I watch it, I'm going to have to do some catch-up and get like Black Panther out not and stuff.
0: Don't, just don't do any catch-up. Like, if, if the film can't tell you what you need to know about it within the
1: film... I'm going to watch Black Panther before it because then I've done all the films. Mm. But I'm not watching any fucking TV. I'm not watching any YouTube in case you didn't watch TV. Things like that. If I go into it, and then there's something I go, right, well, so where they come from, and it's from a TV series, then that's fucking that's Marvel's hubris that's causing it. And I enjoy their movie.
2: Mm.
1: You should have to do homework. The
2: thing there is, I don't go. mind. I it? don't mind having to do homework that is watching the previous movies. That's reasonable.
1: Yeah, that that, that that's not that's part of the series. Having to do additional bits, mm. having to play a fucking secret level on a game that might come out. <laughs> to get who uh, fucking certain characters in the background of something is not my bag.
2: No, no. Cool. All right,
0: that'll do. Fuck off.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bye. Bye.